Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Classics episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee professionals, entrepreneurship, and coffee education. And for the next few weeks, we're between seasons. I'm taking some time to travel, drink coffee, and see what is out there in the coffee world. So, for now, I'm re-airing classic interviews from the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I spent the last week in Idaho, and right now I'm passing through Washington on my way to Vancouver. Idaho has set a high bar. I had great visits to a dozen different coffee shops, but my favorite was to a place called Wilder Coffee, which was a simple three-seat cafe serving great coffee inside of a plant shop called Fern in downtown Coeur d'Alene. I just want to shout out Savannah, who made me and my wife several great coffees last week. Today's Classics Edition interview features the co-founders of Moster Coffee Company, Bev and Jay Lynn. They are an inspiring duo, and during our first conversation, they were sitting at a table in the front of their cafe. I hadn't realized it at the time, but the first COVID lockdown was hitting me hard. I could hear the sounds of coffee being made and drinks being served in the background, and I got pretty emotional. I tried to keep it together long enough to hear the Moster origin story. While you're listening today, be sure to follow this show at Roast West Coast and at Moster Coffee on Instagram. Moster is gearing up for their Moster Experience Anniversary event this fall, and you can find tickets on MosterCoffee.com. As always, you'll find those links in this show's notes, or make it easy on yourself, and subscribe to this show's newsletter on RoastWestCoast.com. You'll get all the links that come up in the show, learn more about the featured guests, and more about coffee. I write this newsletter, and I host this show, and I still learn stuff on RoastWestCoast.com. Okay, I'm going to pull into one of the many, many many drive through coffee huts here in the Pacific Northwest. It is a thing, and I hope it is a good one, because we are almost to the border, and I haven't done a border crossing in more than three years. Wherever you are spending the last days of July, I hope you've got access to great coffee too. If you're headed out into the wild for a camping trip like us, be sure to stop by your favorite roastery, or hop online to buy some coffee to bring along. Morning coffees in the mountains, or the woods, or by the lake, Sorry, I was daydreaming. What are we talking about? Oh yeah, thanks for being here and making sure your coffee mug is full, because it is time for this classic interview with the founders of Moster Coffee Company in Southern California, Bev and Jay Lynn. I appreciate that you guys took the, the time to meet with me. And I would say welcome to the Roast West Coast podcast now that we're actually talking and starting. Thank you. <laughs> is, is it too loud in our background? Because we are in our shop. They're all working back there. So now no, it adds ambiance. It's very cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Most people hide in a closet. I'm in my closet now, actually. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, I was really excited that you were willing to talk to me on the show. I feel like you guys have so much going on and have done so much already that we could dedicate like three shows to you. Aww. I'm already deciding that I'm going to invite you back for season two and three, and we're yeah. just going to keep on, on running it. But for people that are listening, could you give us a little background on, on how how Moster got started? How did it go from an idea to a shop and a roastery and everything that's happening now? Yeah. So um, 
she and I have been friends for 22 years. So our story together goes back that long. But Mostra's story actually goes back um, to 2009. So she and I were doing work here in San Diego with the Filipino community. And then we had an opportunity to go to the Philippines with a really good friend of ours and mentor. And we learned a lot about social entrepreneurship and social enterprise. And for me personally, I hadn't been there since 1986 when I was four. So that was my first time back since then. And we just, we visited a lot of farms there. And then we learned a lot about all the abundant resources that the Philippines has. And for me personally, I only associated the Philippines with a lot of poverty, unfortunately. You know, that's why, you know, my parents uh, immigrated from the country to give us opportunities. So we were there, we learned a lot about um, all of the resources. And then we interacted with the people there and just, they reminded us so much of our own family that we were like, you know what? We were the ones that won the jackpot, you know, coming out of the Philippines with our parents. And we wanted to be able to create more opportunities for sustainable livelihoods for the people there. So we came back from that trip in 2009 with that really tugging on our heartstrings, you know, and, um, and then a few years went by and we were doing our own thing. I had a, a voice studio at the time. She was still in Hollywood doing acting and singing. Well, you were singing yeah, um, and hosting. hosting. Mm -hmm. um, and then my husband was working at a skilled nursing facility where there was an opportunity to open a cafe. And she and I just have always wanted to open a business together. And so we said, sure, you know, like, let's take this on. Let's, you know, hire my other best friend who's a pastry chef. And then we wanted to provide really good coffee for the doctors and the families there, except we didn't know anything. <laughs> we didn't even drink. We didn't coffee. even drink coffee. We drank, you know, Starbucks frappuccinos. So With extra caramel and whipped cream. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she actually reached out to our other friend, Mike, who's our other business partner and said, Hey, you know, you post all of these coffee things on, you know, your social media. Do you think you can maybe teach us a few things? And he said, sure. You know, meet us, meet me at Bird Rock Coffee Roasters, which at the time in 2012, they were a micro roaster of the year. And he said, they're the best roaster in the nation. Meet me there. So he took us there and bought a few things. I think it was like a double shot mm -hmm. of espresso, a cold, brew. a cold brew, and then a drip. Yeah, just like a pour over, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, try this out with nothing in it. And we were like, hmm, I don't think so. We don't like coffee. We don't like coffee. But then we tried it, and we were so shocked at how it didn't taste like charcoal, basically. Yeah. Because that was our only reality of coffee at that point, And it had all of these different flavors. So he said, yeah, well, this is what happens when, you know, coffee's sourced really well and roasted really well and brewed really well. So then we came back from that situation and did a bunch of research on coffee. And in that research, we found out that the Philippines actually grows specialty coffee. We had no idea because, you know, Philippines is really known for Barocco coffee, Liberica, but we've never heard of you know, them growing specialty coffee or high quality coffee. So when we found that out, we said, okay, scratch the plan of this cafe in my husband's skilled nursing facility. We are going to be roasters. We don't roast coffee. This is Bev and I, I we got it. All the puzzle pieces are coming together. We're going to become coffee roasters of Philippine coffee. Right. 
even though we don't drink coffee, but then mm -hmm. the, the bigger, the bigger picture for us was create this company that roasts specialty coffee, but through our company being based in the United States, create a platform for that coffee that is unknown essentially in the industry and in the world really. And we hoped to create a demand um, for that coffee globally. So then that would draw business into the country and provide more jobs and livelihoods for the Filipino farmers. But we didn't know anybody there. That grew <laughs> coffee. Course. So we didn't know anybody. We didn't drink coffee. We didn't roast coffee. Uh, we didn't know how to make coffee. You had an opera singer. <laughs> and an actor. And an actor. But we felt so strongly about it. You know, and honestly, it wasn't even about money for us. It was money for them. And, you know, we still talk about it now. It's like, you know, during the pandemic when, you know, everyone was shutting down, you know, when we were on the fence about whether we should stay open or not, the reason why we stayed open was because we were like, we've got employees here that are counting on us for their livelihood. And we've got farmers, not only in the Philippines, but all over the world, because we don't just source coffee from the Philippines, that are counting on us staying open and continuing to purchase coffee from them so they can put food on the table for their families. Right. So, you know, that was just really like the, the heart of how Mostra came about and which actually makes like winning 2020 Roaster of the Year like even crazier because it's like, you know, you can really go from knowing nothing to, you know, being Roaster of the Year. <laughs> so. and, and, you know, when we went on that first trip to Bird Rock and they were Micro Roaster of the Year, I mean, that was like... Oh my God. That yeah. And, and every year since then, we've been following the winners and it's just been like, wow, you know, Portola won or whatever. Um, what's the other one in, in Riverside? Um, Clatch. Clatch. You know, and I've, and we've like met the owners or people that have worked for these different companies just in passing at the specialty coffee expo or whatever. And I remember feeling like starstruck over them. Like you won roaster of the year, you know, like you must be doing some cool stuff. And then, Anyway, so we're still starstruck by the, our own situation. <laughs> well, I was I was planning on congratulating you on winning 2020 Roaster of the Year. You seem to be winning quite a few things. I think you just won something from Qualcomm and their small business accelerator as well. Yeah, yeah. But now that you're winning, you mentioned you're still starstruck, but have you started to feel any pressure from that too? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't even get it started with that. No, so literally when we won Roaster of the Year the pressure escalated like crazy. And I think mm -hmm. for us, we didn't just take this award as an accolade to put up on our wall and to like, you know, bragging rights, like at all. Like for us, it was more of a responsibility as a role model and a leader in the industry um, mm -hmm. that we took on as individuals and as a, as a company. So, you know, everything we've done since winning has been with that in mind too, you know, with all of our, you know, our, um, our mission and vision already intact, but, you know, it was like, okay, you know, there must be someone else out there like us that are looking to these companies that are winning, you know, looking for direction and inspiration for what to do. So we definitely were feeling a lot of pressure. And I mean, we've always used our platform to be able to push our mission and always do good, you know, but just to have that that accolade on top of it now, mm -hmm. um, then you have you have just even more eyes on you. You know what I mean? Sure, it's street cred. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure. And then it was you know right in the middle of the pandemic, and just you know you had a pandemic. You kind of had like you had the civil rights movement going on, and you just had everybody looking to the company and saying, okay, you know what what's your stance? And and the other thing too is that so we do 
a ton, like hundreds of craft beer collaborations with breweries from all over the country, um, sometimes internationally too. Mm -hmm. And these collaborations are like massive. So every year um, at our anniversary party, we will highlight those collaborations. And some of these beers, if not like um, the majority of them are like the most sought sought after craft beers, like for the year or in the country. So people will like fly in from all over the country for this party. So it was like when we won Roaster of the Year also, and this party's in January, it just like amplified the entire situation. And so we had this massive party too. It was just like Roaster of the Year, most six. Then it was the pandemic. Then then we opened another store up like in the middle of the pandemic because we were halfway through and we already dumped all this money into it. And, you know, we were like, do we pull out of it or do, do we, we just open it? Just open it. And we added that to our plate too. Well, you've you've been covering a lot of the things I was going to ask you, but before I get too far into kind of the beer and the new store, I want to mention that you talk about your platform, but one way you use that is uh, you just gave a small business grant to another coffee company out of Kentucky. Yeah. And which I thought was really interesting. You collaborated with Roast Magazine. Uh, they have a great name. And, <laughs> and so I wanted to know, how did you choose the that small roastery there? And, and why... Why start using this platform? You already you already mentioned a bunch of ways that you're using it, but why focus on creating an opportunity for this other small roastery? Well, I mean, we were as the pandemic was happening. It's obviously still happening, but we just couldn't help but feel really grateful that we were still in business and doing well. You know what I mean? Yes, we saw a drop in our stores by about thirty percent. But then our online e-commerce grew by 600%, you know what I mean, during that time. And for us to even um, continue to be in business during this time is, and we see everybody else shutting down left and right was was just amazing. And we just felt so grateful that we were like, you know what, we want to help another business in our industry come out of this situation. And so we were like, okay, let's, let's start our own small business grant. Let's reach out to Rose Magazine, partner up with them, and just create this situation where we can provide opportunities for them to, you know, be out in the media to um, get a lot of uh, uh, exposure. Exposure, yeah. And honestly, what the, a part of the process was actually, <laughs> a part of the process was actually a video. They had to turn in a video and they had to answer some questions. And a lot of the questions were about, you know, not about like, coffee itself it was like what are you doing to give back at this time what are you doing to help um you know raise the morale of your your company your build your company culture um Mm -hmm. giving back to the community Mm -hmm. and we got a ton of videos actually from all over the world yeah and we could not believe it and we chose the company whose answers in their video were the most moving They, they were doing the most they were actually i would say even the most aligned with us too. They're doing like really similar things and just going above and beyond to take care of people, their staff, the community. So um, that's how we chose them. They, they're an incredible company and we actually have more projects coming out with them to kind of just continue that, that, that collaborative process. Yeah. 
I'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Bev and Jay Lynn of Moster Coffee in just a moment. This show is sponsored by the award-winning Steady State Roasting, a small batch coffee roastery dedicated to the craft and care of providing specialty, responsibly sourced coffee from around the world and turning that into an amazing cup of coffee. You can learn more about their process on SteadyStateRoasting.com. There, you can also support a small business by ordering coffee beans to be delivered right to your door. I personally love their house blend space traveler. And if you are in the area, Steady State Roasting is serving up their distinctive coffee roasts at their sensory lab in Carlsbad, California. Even with COVID protocols in place, you can still pre-order beverages, tasty treats, and coffee beans to go on SteadyStateRoasting.com. And now, back to the show. Uh, one thing that's uh, interesting, uh, it shouldn't be interesting, but it is, is that you are a female-fronted, female-owned business. You obviously have your business partners, Sam and Mike. But being in that position, do you feel there is a, a growth in female representation in the coffee industry? And how do you feel being someone who might be leading that way or being a role model for someone coming up behind you? So, you know, yesterday she and I did a live on Instagram and I, I, re, I had a, a weird moment. Like I, I was walk, I was rewatching it last night. And then I had a moment where I stepped out of myself and I saw us talking about it and representing the company. And I was having that like outer body experience. I was actually like really inspired to see two Filipino American women leading this company. Um, because growing up, um, I grew up in Rancho Bernardo and it's just, I was literally like the only Filipino kid at my elementary school, probably until I was like in fourth or fifth grade. So I like had a little bit of like an identity crisis because I didn't have really anybody that looked like me around other than my family. So, you know, we're in the like in the thick of the hustle. So we don't actually get to step outside of ourselves very often to really like see the impact that we're having. So it's hard to imagine that we are, but I assume that we are, you know, because there just aren't a lot. I mean, there aren't a lot of like even Filipino American coffee roasters out there. Um, there are some obviously, but there just aren't a lot. I mean, and I think that like, you know, we, we have had people come to us, our own staff, the women in our staff, um, people in the community tell us like how inspired they are by the work that we're doing. And not only that, we're moms too. So it's like, juggling motherhood, you know, we're, we're married, we've got our families, we've got the business. And then, you know, our mission is just bigger than just me roasting coffee. So, I mean, I definitely um, feel that um, we are making some impact and I hope that we are, but it's, it's crazy because when you're in it, you're not even realizing that that's, that that's happening. And I think that, um, you know, it's, this is a, I don't want to say a new calling, but it's something that has uh, that we've been really inspired by really recently, because when we were starting this business, it was really intimidating. We both didn't have any business background at all, let alone coffee, you know, background. But, you know, the business world has a lot of masculine energy around it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of business jargon, you know, things like that, that we had to learn along the way. And it was really intimidating. But for both of us, over the last seven years, we've really, we've ran this business on pure intuition, <laughs> you know what I mean? And being emotional and being compassionate and being empathic and all of these things that sometimes in the business, in the business world is considered negative, negative, you know what I mean? 
don't bring that kind of stuff in in the workplace or, or in how you work. But that has really been, you know, the difference maker for us and almost the secret sauce for us running Mostra. And just to say one thing, though, she did mm -hmm. say emotional, which, again, it could be looked at as negative. But Bev and I have been working. We're best friends, like she said, 22 years. We've been working together this entire time, like she said, in, in, an, in an emotional state. But we've actually we've never fought in the entire time we've worked together. We have not gotten into one fight about this because we've like when she says emotional, it, it isn't like what you right, imagine, right, right. like drama like that. It's it's like being emotionally aware of, mm -hmm. of everything going on around us. And we both literally put our, each other, our partners and our families first, actually before the business. So like, it just, we always operate that way. So it's like, you know, if there's a big you know business opportunity, but like somebody's not good, we're like, we gotta address right. how this person's feeling before we can even move on to that point. And that is probably not, again, looked at traditionally in business as a way to operate but sorry i just had to say that no like emotional no. things i feel like someone's like oh it's so negative. no it's totally <laughs> maybe instead of emotional the, the way i i was listening to it is it sounded like human yeah i'm feeling human we're running our business as humans and thinking yeah. about humans yes and not just about you know coins and, and dollars that are coming in and out now that's important yeah. obviously but like it is you're acknowledging this whole other component to running a business, especially yeah. a small one. Right. Like mm -hmm. feeling your way through building a business. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're the people that, you know, get presented with an opportunity and we'll be the ones that say, okay, you know what? We need to meditate on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we're like, let's separate and meditate on that for a minute. Right. <laughs> We're going to go to the beach and meditate about that real quick. And then call me in an hour. You know, and some people are like, okay, you know, it's a little weird, but. But it works. It yeah. works. And I mean, we've, we've, so something else also with that is that like along the lines of what she's saying is that like we make decisions with our entire being. So like <laughs> we, you know, like an opportunity will come and we're not just like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, right. The numbers look good. Yeah. The numbers mm -hmm. look good. Or, you know, that opportunity seems good. We're like, how does that actually make us all feel? Is that something that we feel like we can, does that Step partner into. or does that, um, yeah, does that partnership feel like it's something we can live with? Are we, um, are we aligned with them culturally as far as how they conduct themselves as business people too? You know, does that align with us and make us yeah. feel something? Is that something we're proud of moving forward? Right. So it's like operating from that space. And I think that is where that like feminine energy that we both have leading Mostra has um, led us. And that we hope that it inspires other women to embrace those gifts, you know what I mean? And that you can build and run a business using all of those amazing feminine gifts that we're born with, you know? I think that's important. I've always been lucky to be surrounded by female entrepreneurs. And so I never really thought about it as much until it was, I started doing these shows and, and thinking about it, not just the show, but also some beer. I came up in the beer industry, but um, so I think that's a really interesting thing. One thing I, I would say to you is when I, when I came up with the concept for this show, I reached out to about a dozen roasters in North County mm -hmm. and I was no thought process. I just thought, okay, who's the best roasters that I would like to talk to companies. And of them, I found, I, I was looking at my list yesterday and I saw that I have exactly five male and five female on our final wow. list. And so I think San Diego in particular in coffee and in beer, maybe a little ahead of the curve, because yeah. I don't know that I've seen that in my other stops in Chicago or Pittsburgh or 
wow. or even New York a little bit. And so, awesome. and you've been, you've been doing it obviously as you, you've since, um, 2012, 2013 is when you yeah. first started most right? Yeah. And so, so you certainly have had influence. You, you've got all these people who've come up who maybe saw that example and it gave them the idea that, Hey, I can do this. I hope so. I do hope so. Even if it's just like going from saying, oh, I'm, I'm working in a coffee shop, but maybe I should manage the coffee shop. Maybe I should yeah. direct the coffee shop. There's all these, these other roles that, I mean, I'm a, I'm a middle-class Midwestern white male. Like I never questioned that I could do things. Mm-hmm. It was never an option. And it wasn't something that I understood wasn't, there was a question for people until later in life. Right. And it wasn't that I was looking at it as like other people shouldn't. It's just I never thought about it because I never had to. And so I think it's really interesting to see the path that you guys have come up and that other people are coming up now and having trailblazers, people that you can say, well, they did it. So why can't I do it? Exactly. And and for me, I get inspired by talking to people like you who started with our, some of our coffee background is similar. I did not drink coffee until I was in my 30s. Okay. Yeah. I did not have any interest in it. And for whatever reason, got really excited about it once I started. And you were touching on this earlier. It kind of takes over in your brain. You get pat. It's not just, I'm going to start drinking coffee now. It's, I'm going to learn about coffee now. I'm going to find out the background and who, who's impacted. One thing we haven't talked about yet, and I know we've, we've already run past like our normal time, but is your coffee. Who's do, who does the roasting and what your philosophy with the coffee beans that you're actually bringing in is? You know, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit, uh, if you have time, about how you guys treat your coffee at Mostra. Yeah, so our head roaster is Nick. How do you pronounce Nick's last name? Berardi. <laughs> it's Boberardi. Yeah, he... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get mixed up. But it's Berardi. Nick Berardi. And um, Nick actually comes from Bird Rock, which is... So awesome because, you know, our story kind of starts there. And then our coffee director is Ryan Sullivan, and he actually comes from Bird Rock, too. So those two together, Nick is our head roaster, and then Ryan is our coffee director. And they actually, I mean, they're like the the coffee dream team, those two. They truly are. I mean, we literally sit there in awe when they talk about coffee because, I mean, they just, they get into, like, the nerdy science yeah, and they definitely took it to the next level. They, they definitely sure. took it to the next level. But for us, it's always been about coffee being approachable. You know what I mean? I think when we entered the uh, the industry, there was kind of this, um, it's just really intimidating specialty coffee for some people. You know what I mean? There's uh, There can be a tendency for it to have a snooty vibe sometimes. Yeah. You know, like you, should, you can't add sugar, you can't add cream to your coffee, all of this stuff. And... For us, it was like, hey, man, it's your cup of coffee. You know, you enjoy it however you want to enjoy it. We're going to do everything we can to roast it, you know, the best way and brew it for you. But at the end of the day, it's your coffee. You know what I mean? So we've always um, approached the coffee that way. And we've always presented that way to our consumers, which is very just approachable. Not um, what's the word? Uh, not intimidating, but pretentious. Preten- oh, pretentious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. I use that word a lot in the show. You know, because a lot of people, you know, think it could be, it can be really pretentious, you know, sometimes. And so for us, it was really important. You know, Mike was the one that was roasting all of the coffee up until um, a couple of years ago when we opened our shop here in Carmel Mountain. So it was really important for us to find a team that was going to have that same approach to it. So 
but obviously have all the knowledge and all the, you know, um, the, the know-hows to, you know, how to pull out all the great flavors of the coffee. So that's really what Nick and, and Ryan do. You know, they spend a lot of time sample roasting. They cup every single day. I mean, the quality control is just insane with them over there. But they always have that approachability in mind. You know what and, I mean? And then also our partner, Mike, is a fine dining chef. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when he was building the roasting program in the beginning, I mean, he's got a palate, he's got a refined palate, and he really knows how to develop those flavors. He always compares like roasting to like making a steak, you know, and just developing at those different stages. And so, you know, he's, um, and he's there with them, just going over everything and tasting everything with them and just like really pulling out like which coffee profile is really going to be the best. So that's, you know, on the roasting side, but he's also the one that develops our entire menu and really develops drinks that are, like Bev said, approachable. He's really innovative. He infuses our cold brews with all kinds of ingredients. Our lattes also are, we've got a bunch of lattes that are inspired by like really popular Filipino desserts. But the whole thing is meant to be like this all-encompassing experience from sights and tastes and sounds and everything and so our bar i don't see it but our bar is actually designed to be really low there's nothing obstructing your view we've got a mavam espresso machine um, which is an under counter espresso machine so people can really see the the show and have this open kitchen experience in our shops um and then like just and then you know we're torching some of our drinks for our creme brulees and our creme brulee lattes and um, we're basically like plating drinks as well so there's just like so many layers to this you know at the from the roasting level and them just developing all those layers and then mike takes it yeah. and creates more layers with the actual drinks themselves and um and like i said it is really innovative um, we also work with brew bomb and they're another company that we do our cold brew production um, brewing on and it's just we are you know figuring out every way that we can to create the most consistent quality tasting, you know, coffee, cold brew, and, and then drinks in the store with our Mavam. And what's fun is that, you know, a, a lot of Mike's inspiration comes from the craft beer community as well. You know what I mean? So he'll take, you know, things from there and he'll try it with the coffee. And it's awesome because um, over the last couple of years, we've seen it kind of come full circle where people will take drinks that we've created and they're inspired by it and then make a beer after it like oh very cool you know what i mean which is the babinka creme brulee is one of our most popular drinks here so it's kind of cool to see all of his innovation you know kind of go or even circle. or even we just released a buco pandan cold brew again that's a filipino dessert and harland just did a buco pandan beer which Milkshake was released mm -hmm. which was released last week and it was like an insane there was an insane line for hours just for this yeah this people were waiting like over four hours to get this beer <laughs> yeah so it's all crossing over i think that's going to be a good place for us to kind of start bringing it around and i'm going to ask you i want to ask you one if there's anything else we didn't cover that's important for people to know on this first episode because i'm just assuming we're going to get together again oh anything yeah. yeah. Then I want to know, you mentioned that when you started all this, you didn't drink coffee. But when you go out for a cup of coffee now and you're not at work, what are you ordering? What are you drinking? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm a honey latte girl I, everywhere. 
<laughs> I just, I just well, try it everywhere. Yeah, honey, honey latte with oat milk iced is typically where we go. If not, I'm probably more like a cappuccino person. Um, mm-hmm. Occasionally, 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 a, yeah, occasionally a cortado. And if I'm wanting a sweeter drink, then I'll do like a campana. And then anything else that we should know about Moster Roasters today? Well, if you would like to try some Moster Coffee, please visit our website, mostercoffee.com. We have cir- coffee circulating on our shop page that our uh, our coffee team is continuously developing and creating. And, um, and then just come and see us in our store. We would love to continue to share our coffee and our story with people. And, um, and if you see Bev or myself, or Mike or Sam, please say hi. We we love communicating and connecting with people in the community. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I just really appreciate your time, and I would say congratulations on all your success. Thank yeah, you so much for having you. us. Thank you. A huge thanks to Bev and Jalen for doing the interview and for supporting this show. Mostra and the Mostra team has been a roast industry partner almost from the beginning. Their co-owner and talented chef, Mike Arquinas, has been a guest on the show. Their operations and quality expert, Ryan Sullivan, appeared on several episodes as a Coffee Smarter expert. And just recently in Season 5, Mostra's head roaster, Nick Berardi, called in from Hawaii for a huge two-part episode right after he won the U.S. Coffee Roasting Championships while he was getting ready for the World Championships in Milan, Italy. You can find all of those podcast episodes on RoastWestCoast.com, or just search for the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even Amazon Music. And if you want to support the show, but you're not ready to become a subscriber, please take two seconds to give the show a ranking and review on your preferred podcast platform. It really does help. Then check out all of this show's roast industry partners. They make and sell incredible coffee, and in the case of First Light Whiskey, whiskey. Find and support Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Camp Coffee Company, Ignite Coffee Company, Ascend Roasters, Coffee Cycle Roasting, First Light Whiskey, Marea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Cafe La Terre, and of course, Zumbar Coffee and Tea. The links to all of those websites are on roastwestcoast.com. They're right there on the front page on the right-hand side. And I'm always sharing and reposting their social media, their events, their job openings, their new coffees, on the Roast West Coast Instagram. We're only weeks away from the official Ignite Coffee Company grand opening, so make sure you're following them for sure. They don't post much, so when they do, you know it's going to be big. This Classics episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. This time, from the road. And I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. For those of you headed out for a cup of coffee this week, please always tip your baristas and be sure to drink good coffee.